You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Herb Ham. Imagine what it would be like to try to run 250 marathons in one year. And if that challenge isn't jaw-dropping enough, imagine achieving that feat at the age of 55. Martin Parnell did it, and amazingly, it's just one of his many athletic accomplishments that seem almost superhuman. The real story is why he did it. Martin takes us back to a pivotal event in his life in 2005, when he was part of a group of cyclists that took on the challenge of a four-month cycling trip all the way from Cairo, Egypt to Cape Town, South Africa. Through 10 countries, over uh, 12,000 kilometers, and for me, I'm not a great cyclist, which was, you know, a little bit of a challenge um, because the plan was to do 100 kilometers a day for six days a week and then one day kind of off, but to basically go right right down Africa. Um, but, the, but the reason I signed up was not that I knew I could cycle all of it, but the, in the fine print, it said that if at the end of the day you haven't arrived at the campsite, a truck would come and pick you up and take you to the campsite. So I sort of knew, okay, I'll give it my best shot. Uh, but if worse comes to worse, I don't make the campsite that night, I will at least be picked up by a truck and taken to the campsite for the next day. So yeah, we all headed off uh, and cycled two weeks through Egypt for the very first part of the trip. And during this expedition, what struck you about what you observed about the power of sport in, in- in the lives of children and particularly? Yeah, well, it, it was kind of interesting because my my thinking before I went was I really wanted to see Africa. I wanted to see the continent. Obviously, I'd read, you know, read about Egypt and, and the Rift Valley and just some of the, you know, um, Mount Kilimanjaro. So I was really kind of keen to explore the country, but it ended up very different in terms of what I actually did find out. And and as you, as you mentioned, I... I encountered a number of children along the way where the me- method of communication was sport, not the language. And so I cycled through Egypt. We cycled through great roads and got to um, Lake Nasa and crossed this lake in an open an open barge for two days and then ended up in Wadahafi in the Sudan. And suddenly we're into a whole nother world. It's sand everywhere, sand roads and and. The first day, it was just brutal. I mean, brutal, hot conditions. And we cycled not 100, but 30 kilometers. That Just that to get through the conditions. We And at night, we uh, kind of a sand uh, camp, you know, camping spot. There was a truck. We each had a little tent. But that evening, um, as we were getting, getting supper ready, I looked across and I could see some children playing soccer. And I loved soccer as a kid in England, played soccer. So I went over, just waved to the kids and they kind of waved to me to come over. And for an hour and a half, I played soccer with this group of boys and girls on this sandy, uh, sandy pitch with literally kind of rickety wooden goalposts. And we played till the sun went down and again, didn't say a word, just had a great game of soccer, waved to the kids and they waved back and I went back to the campsite. And so continued through Sudan for two weeks, again, tough, tough riding, but ended up crossing the border into Ethiopia. 
and again, beautiful country. Um, your rolling hills, mountains, uh, but again, dusty, gravelly roads. And the second day in into Ethiopia, I'm cycling down into a a little village. And just on the side of the road, I spot two young boys, probably 11 and 12, playing table tennis. And again, I love table tennis. I mean, I was, I don't want to boast, but I was the under 13 champion in my Catholic youth club. So I, you know, I'm not bad, not bad, but that's about it, I think, for my, you know, for the, for the things I won. But I jumped off the bike and just did sort of hand signal for a bat. And one of the boys gave me the table tennis racket. So you know, I started playing table tennis in this little village, out, you know, outdoors with this other 12-year-old. And we started playing and within 10 minutes, there was 100 kids around the table. And they were yelling and screaming and cheering and they'd come from the fields and from their rickety shacks, the tin roof shacks. And it was just unbelievable. I think part of the reason was the way I was dressed because I had a huge, my, my crash helmet, my sunglasses, um, my uh, Canada maple leaf shirt, my spandex shorts. I think they must have thought aliens had landed, you know, to take over the world one game at a time. But, you know, we played, we, we played half an hour table tennis. Um, and, and I'll be honest, when I play sports against children, I do try and beat them. So I, I don't mess around. Like I was smashing the ball and back to him, but he was hammering it back to me. And in the end, uh, he beat me two games to one which was, I think, fair and square. I think he was the under-15 champion of Ethiopia. This kid was really good. But, you know, just the feeling, and we hadn't said a word. We hadn't spoken, but we'd played a game of table tennis. Uh, but the the energy there was unbelievable with the, with the children around the table. And, and I, I sort of realized as I was leaving and said goodbye to the kids that, you know, with sport, it doesn't matter your age, your gender, your religion, your culture, we're all equal. And when you play sport, you for the love of the sport, um, the the feeling is is incredible as a group, and so I continued cycling down Africa, went through um, Kenya and Tanzania, uh, Malawi, Botswana, across to Namib- Namibia, and down into Africa. And along the way, I played more soccer and more table tennis and running with the kids. And so at the end of the trip, you know, people ask me, well, you know, what you know, what was the highlight? Was it, you know, was it the the pyramids or the Rift Valley or you know? some of the other sites. I said, well, frankly, it was playing sports with these kids. I just couldn't believe, you know, the power and the, the spirit it generated with them. And so, so that was in, we finished in the middle of May, 2005, so four months. And I came back to, I came back to Canada and I had recently moved to Cochrane. So my life just continued. I didn't really know what to do with it. And so, yeah, for the next couple of years, um, I continued working and doing my marathons and starting to get into triathlon. So that was something that was kind of unfulfilled. On my, I had found it, but I didn't know what to do with it. And yet, do you think that experience was perhaps a bridge to the destiny of getting involved with Right to Play? I, I think, and I think you've used the word bridge in exactly the right term. Um, you know, there's been a number of bridges, uh, quite frankly, since my wife died in 2001. And I just want to obviously touch on that. I have two older adult children and that created a huge, huge void for me. Um, that was in December, 2001. Uh, for a year, I was in Surrey, Ontario. I worked, uh, as I say, bringing up my children. But then my brother uh, introduced me or challenged me, phoned me and challenged me to run a marathon. And I didn't run. You know, I, I, I hadn't run in my life. Uh, as a child, I was what's known as a huggable child. I think the politically correct term is fat. Yeah, I was a big kid and I was always picked last for sports. 
kind of a sad story, but um, I wasn't too demoralized because my parents, mum and dad, love sports. So we would play tennis and table tennis, badminton. So I've always had a love of sport, but I'd never run. So here at the age of 47, he challenges me to a marathon. I said yes right away. I mean, you don't say no to a younger sibling. And so I started running and my very first marathon was the Calgary Marathon in 2003. So I took to this running and really, really sort of became active. And that's where the possibility of doing the bike trip came in. So I thought another bridge, you know, it's either the marathon, did the, uh, did the, um, the bike trip across Africa. And then when I came back from Africa, I got into triathlon. I did Ironman triathlon, did three of them, but also got into ultra running. And so I'm starting to run these races over 42.2 kilometers. So the Blackfoot, a hundred kilometer, uh, the Canadian death race, 125 kilometer, uh, the Sinister Seven, 146 kilometer. And in late 208, I'm starting training for this, the big one, which was the 160 kilometer, 100 mile uh, Lost Souls in Lethbridge. And what happened was in early February of 2000, uh, in February of 2009, a friend of mine who had just moved to Calgary said, Martin, come on over for supper. And I want to talk to you about Right to Play. And that night we spent four hours talking about Right to Play. And the only thing I'd heard about Right to Play at that time was that Clara Hughes had donated $10,000 to the organization from her, um, her, her Olympics uh, prize. That's all I knew. But then my friend tells me about this organization that uses play and sport-based programs to teach children life skills, leadership, team building, conflict resolution, um, prevention of sexually transmitted diseases and that they are in 20 countries around the world helping half a million children. And it's like a, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. The pieces started to come together. Uh, my trip through Africa, the power of sport. Here's an organization based headquarters in Toronto that actually uses that in a very structured way with, with these programs that changes the lives of children. And suddenly I thought, oh my gosh, like I'd love to help that organization um, I'd love to, to maybe fundraise for it. I'd never done anything like that before. So my friend and I decided uh, to try and raise $10,000 in 2009 by doing races. So here I am running and doing triathlons. So I thought, well, let's try and use that as an avenue to raise funds. Again, never done anything like this. And so during 2009, we got a bunch of people together and people ended up doing marathons and triathlons all over the world. And we did raise the $10,000. So, so $50 gives a child a right to play program for one year. So I really was starting to feel like maybe I can give back here and make a difference in the lives of children. So yeah, 2009 was a, a big year on the transition, the bridge from kind of my learnings in Africa to my running and, and the marathons and triathlons to actually making a difference with the kids. Martin Parnell's Quest for Kids continues after this short break. This is The Strong Room. Strong Room. 